What's up? It's your man Ernest, or you love Ernest, same guy, different name. Back again with another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. So, this one might be a lengthy episode, but let me start with the shit. Alright? So, before I tell detail this story time, this whatever that's going that I'm about to detail right now, let me just preface this by saying, if you are someone who works for a... Li, li, if you're a white-owned nonprofit that works for or you own a white-owned nonprofit that is catered to, whether you work for or you own it, that is catered to the inner city youth, working with the inner city youth, you know, whatever y'all doing, whether it be sports, whether it be music, whether it just be uh, helping them... R- you know, make sure they get reading, food, uh, whatever the case may be. If you're working with the inner city youth and you actually give a fuck, like you claim to give a fuck about the inter- inner city youth, you would not take advantage or take for granted the employees that may work there or used to work for your program. Who can identify with the inner city youth. Because when there was those kids age. They were the inner city youth. And now that they're older. They're inner, inner city adults. Young adults. Many of them may be. But still. Identify with the issues. With the environment. Of the inner city. I say that because all too often I see within my experience, within other people's experience, black folks especially, when we work for these nonprofits, right? These so-called nonprofits cater to the inner city, once again, we are being taken advantage of. It's like they're trying to tell us, they mean the white folks who run these organizations and work there, who have no idea how to even identify or deal with the inner city youth. They have no idea of what the hell to do, how to engage with the parents of this uh, of these programs. The parents don't even want to engage with these motherfuckers. Yet, you have these fools doing what white people always do, run up in something and act like they know everything, act like they own everything, trying to run every fucking thing. No matter if they're a guest in your neighborhood, in your schools, they want to act like They're running this shit. All right. And like I said, they may be running the actual program. But let's make it clear. And anybody black who works for these types of programs or worked for one of them, they can identify with this. They know damn well these programs do not function without 
the black folks, I'm going to say the black and brown, but the black and brown folks that work for these programs and motivate the kids from all ages, whether it be uh, elementary school kids, middle school kids, or high school kids, right? Because when they see us, when they see us actually doing something positive and productive, something totally different from what they are most likely used to seeing, being from the inner city, the people our age, being from the inner city, what they're doing, what's happening in their life, if they even still have a life, they're motivated by that. I can tell you that from experience because I can tell you the amount of kids that have told me, let me know, I was that for them. Now, a a lot of y'all probably listening right now, you're like, where's all this coming from? I'll give y'all a big backstory and everything. Like I said, this may be a lengthy episode. And I promise you, it's not going to be as all, not all the episodes going to be as serious as this one topic. But I'm going to just start with it, get it the fuck out the way, go with the other two topics, and then I'm going to end off the episode. You're welcome to fast forward to whatever part you want to listen to. You're welcome to listen to 10 minutes, all of it, if you want to. I appreciate it if you do. But I got to speak my piece. So for those who are wondering where the hell this is coming from, well, a little bit of a backstory about me. I've worked for this program, this nonprofit program, pretty much since I was 16. I'm 27 now. It was my first job and it was my only job. Up until, I mean, I got a job now. The job I'm working now is literally my second job if if you're not going to count my work study job my freshman year of college which was delivering the campus mail I've only did that for uh uh freshman year though so in total three jobs but two jobs yes you're probably like wow you you really only had two three jobs dead serious. Anyways, this job was my first job. Worked with them since I was 16, when I was still an inner city youth, right? Had my ups and downs with the program, but definitely I would say the program got progressively worse over the years. Um, And it became very notable when the people that I looked up to while in the program, the black and non-black people, let me make that clear, because I'm not saying that every white person had this hero complex about them that worked for the program, not at all. A lot of them were really, really, really in tune with how important it was to have the black and brown voices be heard within the program. A lot of them were really in tune and understood how important it was to have black and brown faces in the program in general. But now it's turned into this white savior type thing. 
it's turned into this we can I don't know it, like I said it's turned into a white savior type thing they're trying to in a way save money by not paying because they know damn well we we mean in the black and brown faces that they all let go we are valuable to the program and with that value comes more money to shell out so if you get these white folks who just want to you know at the end of the day say i helped this brown girl with her homework you pay them a little bit of money and and tell them how much uh they're good they're doing for these black and brown faces that's how you finagle their asses so white people giving other white folks to run around and shit out of you know not getting as much money as they probably should be getting paid but they know damn well us black folks wasn't going to sit down and uh and, and take that fucking speech cuz we know how valuable we are to the program but anyways work for them since I was 16 i know i'm going over all over the place but stick with me promise you i'll pro- i'll do my best to stay on track work with them since i was 16 I it, obviously when I was 16, I couldn't do their school year program because I was in school myself. Duh. So while they were doing their school year program, I was in school. They didn't have a school year program at the high school that I was at, but they would make visits to me uh, from time to time. And, you know, other students that were of the program that I didn't even know of. Uh, so. Yeah, that was our little bonding situation was like, wow, you did such and such too when you was in middle school? Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Um, Anyways, worked with them until I was out of high school, obviously. And I didn't immediately start working with them until after my freshman year of college. As I stated, my freshman year, I did a work-study job as delivering the campus mail. Uh, you know, yes, that was work-study. Um, only got I got paid 50 a week for that shit. Um, it was like $10 a day, basically. Uh, sometimes I did Saturday, so it would be around 50, or 60 Saturday, uh, 50 to $60 a week. But that was that. That was, that was how much I was getting paid. And I did that my freshman year. And then I was just like, I'm going to need some real money. So I contacted the folks that were still around. Some of the white folks, actually. And black folks that were still around. Uh, during the time of my sophomore year of college. They were still at this program and I contacted them and said, hey, steer away. I can, you know, get a job here because, you know, this work study shit ain't, you know, it ain't working out. This $50, $60 a week um, really ain't doing much for me, you know? So, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, kit uh, holdbacks I had to do because um, of so little money I was making. It was a lot of shit that I had to not spend money on. Um, 
so they directed me and said, hey, this your the middle school that you've gone to, they're looking for they need they 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 need you there. You know what I'm saying? I go there. Everything is, you know, different. I'll put it like that. It's different. It's an adjustment thing for me. Not because of the white faces, because when I got there, the staff was predominantly black. There was, I would say, probably one or two white faces. No, it was actually one. The woman that was basically in charge. And then later on, uh, it became two when we got a new uh, head person or whatever, right? Staff was still predominantly black. It is what it is. And I'm, I'm not sure what the faces of the people look like now. Um, but I will tell you what some of the kids, the middle school kids, who claim they miss me, right, stated about the program. Now, I, I, I will detail that um, in a few minutes. But basically, when I started working for the school year program, I did that for probably about three, four years, the past three, four years. I did that last year and, you know, the couple years before that. Once again, ups and downs. And definitely it was like I, 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 I was there were times where I was just like, fuck this job. I'm looking for something better. I won't say the job I'm working now is better because it's definitely not. It's not better. Um, the pay is not better, even though uh, the program job it was bi-weekly payment, and this this job is every week. That's the only thing that's better about it, to be honest with you. Well, that and well, no, that that is the only thing. That is the only thing that's better is the pay rates. How how often they pay? Let me go take a swig of water real quick. All right, so what the fuck does text message say? For what it's worth, it's never... All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll read that later. Anyways, sorry for the awkward pause, but I'm doing a lot of talking and I have to get my water drinks in. I got to get my fifth on. Anyways... So, worked for the program. All the people that I was cool with basically were leaving periodically. People I even grew to be cool with that I wasn't really vibing with at the beginning ended up leaving periodically. It was just, it was literally like one by one. Ever since I started working for the school year program, it was like, not one by one, but it was like a fucking domino effect. It's like, oh, she's leaving. She's dope. I like her. Oh, he's leaving. He's dope. I like him. Oh, they're leaving. They leaving. Damn, all these people leaving. And what was great about it was almost everybody who left the program, I had a conversation with before they ended up leaving. Um, and they told me why they were leaving uh, some were up front about it. Some were just like one of the last people to leave. Um, 
shout out to her. Uh, gonna shout her, shout out to her. I feel like I don't want to say names because if this does get out there to the you know program people, I don't want anybody. Even if they don't work at the program anymore, I don't want them to get any type of trouble just in case they want to go back and then, you know, it's played this episode or this segment or whatever segment I mentioned their name is played. And then they're like, oh, so you said this to Ernest? Oh, now you want to work here? And nah, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But the last person to leave that I was cool with, uh who mentioned why she was leaving was basically saying so-and-so let's just say our, you know, all these, I, I want to speak, uh, no, not a D name, an A name. Let's just say his name is Aaron, even though I'm pretty sure there's someone at the program named Aaron. Um, but she's saying, she says, I'm leaving because, you know, it's just something I, it's time for me to move on. And I think Aaron, not his real name, but he has an A name. It's just, you know, I'm not trying to use it. But I think Aaron doesn't know what he's doing with the finances. And it just got to the point where I was just tired of trying to, me and other people are just tired of trying to, you know, being forced to see things his way when he absolutely has no idea of what he's doing. Now, I want y'all to pay attention to this whole finances thing that Aaron has going on, right? Because this girl, she has a B name. Let me think of a B name. Uh, let's say Brenda, right? This girl, Brenda, she says to me, and I asked her this question, and that the irony is I was thinking of asking her, actually, that question before even she even asked it herself. She says, why do we need a takeaway? We have a separate budget for, you know, the kids to take them on trips to the movies and, you know, trips to this place and that. Why do we need to save money if part of the budget is... We already have a separate budget for that, basically. So why then we have to take away money from other things that we have, like paying part-time staffers or paying these people or paying for this, paying for that? Why do we need to X those things out? Because that is supposedly, in in uh, Aaron's mind, paying too much money. Why do we need to take, uh, you know, cut these aspects of the program out to save money when we already have, once again, a budget that includes field trips for the kids? That includes whatever events um, that is relative for the students. She asked that, and my response was, I was about to ask that. And she was just like she don't know what's going on but she doesn't really trust his instincts she tried to make it you know just like everybody else that i had a conversation with as to why they were leaving they tried to not throw aaron under the bus i'm not gonna say they all because these are people that were working within the office 
of this program. So they saw Aaron. They spoke with Aaron. They had meetings with Aaron um, more often than I did in any of the other in like I, I would call us the on the ground staff. All the on the ground staffers, we were in the schools. Aaron was in the office, obviously. All the other people um, were in the offices as well. Um, so once again, they had access. They had more access to Aaron than I did. They also were available for these meetings. And if Aaron wanted us to meet, he wanted to meet with the the people that were in the schools. He would actually go to the schools himself. It wasn't like he called us down to the office because um, that's on like a other side of the town, basically. Um, but he would go down to the schools and whatever school he wants to have a meeting with, he would meet with us that way. That wasn't very often. That would and, and that would only happen around holiday times when he wanted to check before the kids went on vacation. When he wanted to check out shit, show uh, Thanksgiving and, and and Christmas, right? So twice a year, twice a year he would do that. He would stop by, um, you know, the most. Other times, an office. Other than that, I the finances thing. That's what I want to bring up. I didn't script down, you know, point for point what I want to say, uh, because in actuality, my the big takeaway I want to I want users and everybody uh, who are listening to this podcast to understand is these these inner city these programs supposedly they're and not all you may work for one that actually values their black and brown employees that actually understand that these faces are needed uh for these kids to be motivated that this white savior attitude that you have this ego that you have if you're going to work for these inner city programs you're going to have to put that ego in check because if you're in it just to say, I saved a bunch of black lives, I saved a bunch of darkies from getting shot and becoming drug dealers and prostitutes and baby mamas, I saved a bunch of them from doing shit like that, then you're in it for the wrong reasons, obviously, and also you're a racist asshole. So get the fuck out these schools, get the fuck out the program. Go with your KKK rallies and shit. But the point I wanted to make really was, um, number one, this program is going to fail without me. I've, you know, and I know I've said that in the past, uh, but I was young as fuck in the past. I wasn't nearly as impactful in the past when I first left, um, when it compared to now, this program is going to fail without me. Heck, even this job that I'm working now, if I quit, they're not going to be as productive as they are now. I'm putting this point blank, period. And I've only been at this job for about a month and a couple weeks now. I think I started August 12th, so it's been over a month now. With that being said, 
I know my value. There's a lot of layers to why I'm telling this story. It's one, two, to just tell inner city programs to value their black and brown employees. Two, to tell those same black and brown employees and to everybody really to value yourself. If you know for a fact you bring something to the table. I don't care what your job is. You don't even have to be working. You don't even have to ever have worked a job like working for a nonprofit program. If you bring something to the table. And I'm speaking on a on this uh, this is this can be applied to anything, but during this segment I'm only talking with jobs. If you bring something to the table and you know that something is valuable, don't for anything Give up. Don't give that up. Do not give that up. You hold on to it. You tell the heads or the head of whatever that this is my value. This is what I bring to the table. And this is what I want to do. Well, this is what I want to accomplish here. And you make it clear what you will want to accomplish at whatever job you're working at. And if they're not willing to do that, if they're willing to put at risk what, you're, uh, what you offer. Simply because they want to be seen as they, they don't like to be challenged, which I'm going to get into about why I feel as though... Uh, you know, this shit was going to happen anyways. This supposed change, I feel like, was inevitable. But I think what brought on the way that Aaron brought on this change uh, was because I'm not a yes master ass nigga. But I'm starting to think even if I was, it, was, it wasn't going to matter. Because... The yes master ass nigga that worked with us, a guy named that begins with an S. I, I feel like they're all, let's say Sam, Sam, right? Let's call him Sammy or Samuel. Samuel was a yes master ass nigga to Aaron. I just recently found out Samuel was also let go. I wasn't told that by Aaron though. What happened was, let's just, uh, this was over the summer, right? Well, not even over the summer, really. This was sometime last month. Already working a job and working now. Get a text message from Aaron. Aaron saying, hey, I hope things are well. I was wondering if you still had interest in working for the program. I'm going to just put it like that. I'm not going to say the name. If you're still working. Uh, you know, have interest in working for the program because we only have here. Here's with this budgeting situation. This shit Brenda said, right? Uh, because we only have in our budget, we only have room to pay one part time staffer. And I already spoke to Samuel and we're on board. So that was basically his way of supposedly letting me go and saying, oh, we, we chose Sammy over you, or I chose Sammy over you. 
Again, I wasn't upset with it. I was, once I saw that, I was just like, you know what? I'm good. That's that. I'm good. If you got, if you got the room to pay me, I'll do it. If not, I'm good. Haven't heard from Aaron ever since. This was last last month. So, well, I will say a couple weeks ago. Not even last month. Probably at the beginning of this month, end of last month-ish. But that was that. I run into a few kids because, again, these this is an inner city school and in an inner city neighborhood that I live in. So I'm going to run into the kids. I'm also going to take a sip of water real quick again. All right, so run into a few kids. We we talk for a few minutes. I asked, they asked me, how come you left the program? You know, wondering. I said, I didn't leave. I was basically let go. I was told that uh, they chose, that, I, that they were only able to, I, I gave the truth to them. I didn't lie. I didn't do all that shit. I don't care. People are going to be like, why did you tell them it's not in there? One, they're middle school kids. They're in the eighth grade now. They're eighth graders now. Either or. I'm not lying. To anybody ask me a situation that happened in my life, I'm not going to lie about it. Simple as that. Especially to these kids who obviously, one made it clear that he was uh, disappointed with the outcome. So if these kids are hurting or whatever, I'm not going to. I, I I'm not going to lie to them. No, I'm going to tell them the truth. So basically, I told them, "Hey, they chose Sammy over me." Basically, I told them what I just detailed. They said Sammy isn't even there. <laughs> so I'm like, "Hold on, what? What do you mean?" Is he at a different school or he's at a... They're like, no, Sammy isn't at the program. They let Sammy go too. Once again, people, Sammy was the yes master ass nigga. So, this fool Aaron lied and said... And uh, I mean, obviously, I knew that the whole budgeting shit was a lie. I knew all this other shit was a lie. I I don't know, don't quite know why he's trying to all of a sudden save money for what exactly. I think literally he's trying to just save money so he can pay himself and pay off events and investors, maybe. Money for them. But he basically lied to me and told me that the the whole budget that there's a the budgeting situation is out of whack and there's no way in hell they could have paid for two um, people to be at this school, right? So they chose Sammy. When in actuality, it's again I don't know the race of these individuals. But there's a, a bunch of new faces that are just going to be there for one year, by the way. They said that they, this is what the kids are. T- this is what the kids told me. 
that how the program is going to work now is they're going to have one person at the school that is that, you know, the head of the school that, you know, same as in it as every other year. And the staff rotates. So if a student gets attached to a different to a certain uh, staff member, which happens because a bunch of kids got attached to me. Because I didn't rotate every fucking year. But there's no there's no relationship. There's no bond there. Especially if the student knows this person is just going to be at a different school. Or not even at this job within the next year. So why the fuck would I open up to this person? Who's just going to... Especially to the students who have abandonment issues. This person is just going to leave me just like everybody else leaves me in my life or abandon me just like everybody else in my life. Once again, this program gives no fucks about that. This is inner city youth we're talking about. And like I said, at the beginning of the, the uh, this long ass rant that's been going on for 33 minutes now. If you're of these nonprofit programs in the inner city and you don't care about the youth, I'm going to need you to get the fuck out the paint. I'm going to need you to get the fuck out these schools. I'm going to need you to get the fuck out these neighborhoods. Because if you don't really give a fuck about all that shit, and this is why during my insecure recap, when I was saying, I identify with Issa with the last, her last job, the We Got Y'all job. I identify fully with the issues she was having there on the aspect of I'm a black person. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know what these kids want. I know how to identify with the kids. And then having everybody else there try to muffle the, the, the gay people, the white people, the non-black people tried to say, well, you know, we're marginalized too. I get it. But these kids clearly identify with one of us in this room. And that is not you. That is not you or you. It's me. So stay the fuck out my way. Let me do my thing. You do your thing. You do your best. I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying don't even try to bond with the kids at all that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying what i bring to the table is nearly not as much as what you bring and i mean nearly not as much because i bring more what i can do for these children what they see when they see me or someone like me is not the same as when they see you or someone like you And a lot of these kids are hip to the, quote, white savior mentality. They they will look at these people and say, you're only here for your own fucking ego. You don't really care about us like this black staff member did. You don't really care about our future. You just want to say, You just want to be able to go home and brag to all your white friends and your white family members to say, I did this 
for these darkies. It's kind of like when those pe folks on um, them white chicks on Tinder, when I was on Tinder wildly, uh, they they would take pictures of little African babies they was with, the little African girls, or some would even put in their bio, I just love my little Nairobi. It's like, come on, I see right through you, yo. I see right through you. This is your your way of saying I love black people. I'm going to take a picture of this, the darkest African kid you can find, the skinniest African kid you can find. With the most beautiful smile, but you're going to take a picture with this person just to show how much you care, in quotation marks, about black folks. These are the type of white folks we deal with when we're in these fucking nonprofit um, inner city programs. The bullshit like that. But anyways, Aaron let go of Sammy, a yes master ass nigga. I'm sitting here the entire time thinking, not regretting, but thinking it, it was probably this time why he didn't want to work with me. Because last year, Aaron asked me to do something. I said no. A lot of these motherfucking owners, white and non-white, they don't like to be told no. A lot of these heads in charge, they don't like to be told no. They don't like to be told their idea is stupid when they have a stupid idea. They want folks to roll with it, but then when that idea fails, they want to point fingers at everybody else instead of looking back and say, well, this was my plan. My plan did not go well or did not go according to how I thought it would be or how I wanted it to go down. No. So. Last year. He had a plan. Let's have a, a all-staff tennis tournament. Winner gets nothing. Literally, I'm not even fucking joking. The winner got nothing but bragging rights to say, I won this tournament between us. Winner got nothing. How he phrased it to me was, hey, Ernest, are you coming to the event Friday? I'm thinking this is an event for the kids. So I'm like, sure, I'll be there. What time should I show up? Um, and, you know, uh, um, you know, what schools are we playing? Because we play different schools and stuff like that, right? He goes, oh, no, this isn't for the kids. This is a, a tournament. Uh, no, first he, he, he says, great that you're showing up. I'll find a partner for you. I'm like, partner for me? What do you mean? The fuck? Why do I need a partner to watch kids play tennis? And if you're familiar with the Boston area, you probably know what program I'm talking about. I'm taking another sip of water, by the way. <clears throat> I don't give a fuck if you made out what the program I'm talking about. It's the truth. You feel however you want to feel. But... I hit him back and was basically like, what do you mean by partner, blah, da, 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 that shit? He says, it's a t he basically says, oh, it's a tennis tour tournament amongst us. Uh, so I'm like, hey, you know what um, about that? No. Because 
Time is money and money is time. That's number one. Number two, I'm not playing a tournament just for bragging rights, my nigga. A bunch of, I, I know a bunch of other amateur or lower than amateur tennis players, people who just like to play the game. If I wanted to do that, I'd get on Facebook. I'd create a Facebook page. Go on the groups. Find a group of people who just want to go around playing tennis. And voila. Do that. I'd simply just do that. But I don't do that because I don't want to do that. Either way, I say to him, I can't do it. Boom. Find someone else. Ever since that day, his reaction, what he was always just a fucking weirdo, just a weirdo white dude with tattoos and shit. But his reaction was always a bit standoffish. I did not give a fuck as long as I was getting paid for my time, as long as things were running smoothly, as long as I was being respected by the kids. And obviously I was uh, respecting them as well. That's all I cared about. They were safe. I was safe, we all were safe, we all was good. That was, that's all of that, on top of getting paid, that's all I cared about. I didn't care about my relationship with, I mean, obviously I didn't want the staff to hate me. But again, didn't really care too much about that. And I'm not going to make it seem as though I'm the most easiest person one, the only reason why I'm not, people, I guess, don't think I'm easy to talk to is because I don't go out of my way to have a conversation with anybody, really. So people get the your standoffish type of attitude. And that could be true, but when I think of someone who's standoffish, I think of someone who not only doesn't go out their way to speak to people, but somebody, when initiated with a conversation is just makes it known that I don't want to talk to you or I don't want to talk to anybody period me you come up to talk to me I'm going to talk to you we're going to carry out a conversation as if we've known each other for some time it's just I'm not typically the one to initiate that conversation it's just that's just how I am it's my nature it's not standoffish in a way because again like I said I don't you come up to me wanting to have a conversation I'm not going to say get the fuck away from me or I don't want to talk to you right even if it's a time where I clearly I don't think there's ever been times where I clearly don't want to talk because those times are when I'm alone and when I'm alone obviously ain't nobody to talk to so I have those times and I'm good but It was just that, it was the fact that I wasn't really, I'm not someone you could just, 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 I don't care what your position is, and this may sound like the qualities of a disgruntled or a bad employee, but I'm not going to say yes because of your, 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 uh, your position, your title, your job title compared to mine, right? I'm not going to say yes because of that. Now, I want y'all, if you're listening and if you actually care, to, one, I want to thank you. Two, I want y'all to hold on to that thought about me. 
that I just stated. Because with this job I'm working now, <laughs> let's just let's just say if I'm still gonna be able to even work there because of that attitude. Once again, I have no regrets for think being that type of person. If I die tomorrow, if I die today, I will die knowing I'm not no punk ass, yes, master ass nigga, and I'm not no pushover. I've lived the pushover life all my life when I was a kid, even in, and even as a teenager, and even in my earlier twenties. Uh, but I'm pushing thirty in three years, people. I am not going to be able. You're not gonna push me over, bruh. Hell nah. Alright, I am gonna take another sip. <sighs> Alright, so let me keep the cap off. Um just so I can have easier access. But I say this to say all this, people. This long forty five minute rant. That it might be a to be continued. It might be. But as I stated before, when it comes to this last job, not a to be continued, it's going to be about the job I'm working now. Might be. But the last job. Number one, if you are working at this job. And we've had an interaction. If you're still working here, we've all, all you had was positive interactions. I don't wish bad on you. More so the program. I don't even wish bad on the program. I hope it doesn't do bad. But when I know my value, when Sammy, as much of a yes master ass nigga he was, and as annoying as he was, he was still pretty valuable to the program. Not really to the children that much because a lot of them hated him. But yeah. And a lot of other folks there. Black and brown folks especially. When they know their value. when uh, what, You know, I know their value so... The program isn't going to, in my predictions, the students aren't going to be as invested in the program, giving back to the program, working for the program, as they were when I was a student, as they were when I was working there. Because, once again, they were motivated by what they saw. And what they saw were a bunch of black and brown men and women who grew up in the same neighborhoods they did. The same types of neighborhoods they did. Dealt with the same issues growing up in these neighborhoods as they did. And they saw people thriving. Black and brown faces thriving and being positive influences and forces in their lives and in their peers' lives. 
Now, when you replace those black and brown faces with a bunch of white, I want to save the world faces. How do you think those kids are going to respond? I told you how three of them that approached me when I saw them a couple of days ago, last week, because I'm recording this on a Monday, you're hearing this on a Monday. I want to say this was last Thursday. Yeah, it was. Last Thursday. Right? That was just three. Of the many students over the years. That have told me how much I meant to them. That have told me how much basically the black and brown representation meant to them. The other black and brown faces meant to them. How do you think they're going to react to this change? So when I say the program isn't going to do as well as without me, I mean literally me, but I don't just mean me. I mean all the other black men and women that have worked there. The other brown faces Who have worked there. And to the ones who still work for this program. Even if you're not listening to this. If you never get a chance to listen to this episode. Or this segment at least. I hope what I'm about to say puts out a certain type of energy. To instill this inside of you. To instill. A sense of pride for yourself. So you can stand up for not only you, your people, but those children who look just like you. Those children, no matter their ages, who grew up in the same neighborhoods, who live in the same neighborhood as you and grew up in the same types of neighborhoods as you. I hope it does. That's all I'm going to say about that when it comes to that last fucking job. On to the next segment. Like, oh, whatever. To be continued, possibly. So this isn't going to, uh, this this situation or my, my work situation, I guess. Because I've never had a job where I didn't have an issue with. Even during my work study jobs and shit, I had issues with, well, one issue. One person, but that's it. Other than that, that might be it to be continued. But I'm done talking about this last job. They're going to feel the effects of what it's like to not have real niggas up in there. That's all I'm going to say on to the next segment. All right, so we back with some wacky news real quick. Beyonce practicing black magic, allegedly. So now Beyonce has a former drummer who is suing B because she's claiming that Beyonce basically put a curse on her to tap her phone and she put a curse on the girl's finances. Uh... She's saying that the the 
you know, the devil Beyonce in her mind used black magic to basically fuck her life up. Now, I don't know, you know, if this, you know, I'm gonna need evidence, girl. I mean, and this drummer is fine as fuck, too. So, I, and I don't want to say that, you know, because she's fine, she doesn't have a mental illness or doesn't have mental problems. Um, but I'm wondering if this is like, if she is, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a valid, uh, I guess wonder or whatever, if she's mentally stable, she's a mental stable individual because this has just come out of nowhere. Uh, and yeah, this is one of those situations where it's like, if you know about this situation or if you read about it, I I would really like to hear y'all thoughts. Um, cause I don't want to spend too much time on this segment because I don't, I don't have much to say other than I'm going to need to see receipts. I want to know what exactly, how she, how is a spell, how's black magic, uh, tapping your phone? I mean, if that is black magic, then the government's been black magic in folks for decades. I, ma, you know, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, look, if Beyonce got your phone tapped as, you know, uh, Trump is claiming Obama or did claim Obama had the White House phones tapped, you mean Obama's pla- practicing black magic too? All these years, I thought black magic was this mythical thing when it's just something I can easily look up on, you know, my favorite, new favorite search engine, um, Ecosia, which is basically a search engine, kind of like Google, but what it does is every time, and they're not paying me to promote them, but I'm doing it because I fuck with them. So, they're a search engine. You go in and you search in whatever you want to search but within how it differs from Google is within every search you search, they plant one tree around the world. Yes, one tree. For every one search that you search, they plant one tree. They, the, the number that you've seen at the top of, you know, below the search banner um, is the number of trees that Ecosia has planted. And it's about 38 million trees and counted. Now, I like to say I contribute to some of that because I've currently helped them plant within the searches. I've, I've searched since downloading the app, free app, by the way, on iOS and Android. But I've helped them plant at least 50 something trees and counted. So you mean to tell me? that black magic is just something if if phone tapping is black magic all i have to do is search on ecosia make it my 59th search plant a tree so within me doing black magic on let's just say this chick i used to date or whatever tapped her phone i'm saying all this allegedly i ain't doing this shit so if you're a government and you're you're tapping my phone listening to me right now Nah, I'm not doing this shit. I'm not planning on doing this shit. In fact, you're black magic in me right now. Can I sue you? Okay, that's number one. Number two, um, that's not black magic, girl. Like, it's not black magic if Beyonce is tapping your phone. 
Now, I would want to know why would you, as her former drummer, be tappable? Like, is there information that I got going on? Is there some shit about B? Some shit about J? Some shit about them? Some shit about whatever that's going on in that realm of life that you are privy to and you're knowledgeable of and all that other... I don't know. But... I need to see some receipts. So if anybody else wanted me, if you're wondering, I I wonder what Ernest thinks about this. I, oh, I know he's going to go in. Sorry, I can't really go in on this situation that I think it's wacky as fuck because it's Halloween time um, or it's about to be Halloween-ish, you know what I'm saying? And people who care about that stuff um, are just looking for, you know, something related, scary, some scary shit to say or whatever. Um, but I'm gonna need more evidence, Ma. Sorry. All right, so the last segment it's about Bert and Ernie and them supposedly being gay. I'm here to tell you they're not gay. Um, this isn't me being. Oh my god, no, I love them. They can't be gay. Because I'm not one of those homophobic fools out there that's going to deny someone's sexuality, especially fictional character sexuality, um, simply because if I was a homophobe and I hated gay people, that would be the reason. But that ain't me. Um, I just didn't believe it as soon as I heard it you know the news and people obviously on twitter and the social media gullible ass fuck they bought into it because it's a narrative that they want to believe but you know they're not gay um you can bring up the fact that the creator of those two characters imagined the character to be like him and his supposed gay lover right um, I don't know if this was a ploy for the creator of Bert and Nerdy to just come out and say that, announce that he was gay himself. So he used the characters that he created to live through vicariously. But Sesame Street <laughs> and just the Muppets in general, uh, uh, you know, uh, supposedly don't have a sexual preference. Why? Because they don't even have sexual organs. This is what, you know, the creator of Sesame Street and the creator of the, and you know, the, the whole Muppets people, whatever, have stated. So Bert and Ernie couldn't be gay because, well, in Muppets land, there's no sexual preference. There's no sexual organs, you know. There's just love and respect and all the other life lessons that they want to teach the kids who watch the show. Uh, why I'm saying that though, and why I'm bringing up this topic, because it speaks to the volumes of pandering people will do simply for attention. This is just, this is exactly what it is. Uh, you know, not everything in the dangers of pandering, basically, I just want it to stop. I want people to stop saying things that they know they truly don't mean because they know there's a bunch of people that will fall for it. 
You know, the dangers of pandering is part of why Trump is in office, people. Now, I'm not saying Trump isn't a racist or he doesn't align. He doesn't truly believe in racist mindsets or racist thoughts that a lot of his base believe in, right? Or segment, I'm going to say, of his base believe in. Um, but sure enough, he did pander to those voices. He awakened those people. Because those people, if it, if Trump wasn't, you know, running on that shit, they most likely weren't going to vote at all. They were going to do what they did, uh, you know, well, when Obama was, was running. They only voted for uh, Mitt Romney because they didn't want the black guy in office. Uh, but when it was Bush and Al Gore, they didn't vote because... They didn't give a fuck about Bush, really. They couldn't identify with him being... Only only identification they had was he was white. But they couldn't identify with anything Bush-related. And Bush wasn't trying to pander to the alt-right or racist. And obviously, they didn't want to vote for Al Gore because um, they hate Democrats. But when you had a Donald Trump, a politician that is pandering to that base that's when they woke up I'm not saying Republicans are the only folks who pander because this guy I'm going to assume the creative Burton Ernie uh, he's not a Republican I'm assuming so with that being said I'm not going to even assume he's a Green Party or Independent either I'm assume he's a Democrat I'm assuming Either or, he was pandering to those who are of the LGBT community and those who are allies of the LGBT community. Now, I consider myself an ally, but I didn't buy into the bullshit. Because as soon as I heard it, I was like, nothing about it. Nothing about them screamed. And I'm not saying all gay couples act alike or they are all a monolith. But nothing about them screamed, we are in love with each other. It screamed, we have a friendship, an odd friendship. Whereas one of us is a really nice person, the other one is an asshole. But for some reason, we like one another, to live with one another. Now, I saw a lot of ignorant statements by these quote allies, once again. These are quote allies. That were saying shit like, well... Two straight men do not live with one another. So, you know, ain't no way a, uh, a straight man's going to have another straight man as a roommate. What if my black ass, my male ass said that? My cis male ass, straight male ass said that? I'd be called all types of homophobes. I'd be all types of ignorant. And da, 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 right? But I've seen women say that shit. No peep. This is just part of the, the hypocrisy and part of the shit women can get away with, right? I, you know, that's what it is. But to everybody listening out there, yo, like, yeah, y'all gotta be real, 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 real smart when it comes to people who just all of a sudden come out of the woodwork 
saying these things that they could have easily announced years ago had it had it been true and not just coming out because it's a fucking trend to do so and no i'm not talking about the me too movement i'm not talking about uh victims of sexual assault i'm talking about these folks who all of a sudden are now pro equality for everybody right why weren't you saying that when it was when it wasn't quote cool to be that way right because the real folks like myself who really are the allies of the LGBT community really are about pro-blackness we were living that way way before it became cool to become woke right way before it became a trend so when you got people like this fool coming out and hey people pay attention to me because Burr and Ernie are gay they're not simple as that now I'm pretty sure there are going to be Sesame Street episodes that are uh, basically on the realm of it's okay to be gay and that is totally fine with me I have zero complaints with that trying to educate the children that is totally fine and to educate children that uh, you should accept everybody for who they are that is totally fine with me but lying to people is not totally fine with me lying to people to get a a, a fucking uh, uh, some, some, some praise that is not fine with me keep it real you don't gotta force someone's sexuality you ain't gotta change someone's sexuality you ain't gotta change who these people are in order for you to say because you you feel like these characters deserve more uh uh you know attention if anything if the if if the creative Bert and Ernie really wanted people to look at them and like Bert and Ernie he could have easily said look at this uh relationship between these two guys and the non-toxic masculinity that is going on between them you could have easily wowed the same idiots who believed that they were gay. You could have easily wowed them by doing that. At least that would have been true. Because you can see that they're not letting these supposed uh, 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 rules of what it means to be a man to define not only their relationship but their individuality. You know, Ernie liked his little... He liked taking bubble baths with a fucking rubber ducky and shit like that, right? You know, what type of man is... I, I, this Ernie over here, the Ernie you hear listening, not the rubber ducky guy, this guy. I don't fuck with bubble baths and rubber duckies and shit, but I can respect any man, no matter his sexuality. If that was his thing, and he lived that, I'm all about people living their truth and being who they really are. Especially when men are doing it because we are told we have to do these things. And if we enjoy this, we're less of a man or we're seen as less of a man or this, that, and the third. 
I think that should be what's explored more than trying to force a gay couple or force a couple to be gay simply because you want to pander to a base. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. You know who really deserves uh, the praise for creating a gay character before a gay cartoon, well, a gay fictional children oriented base, I guess, character before it was cool to do so. Whoever created the Teletubbies, because Tinky Winky, when I tell you, girl, now let, let me not be, uh, you know, ignorant, but for real, whoever created Tinky Winky, Tinky Winky was in all seriousness, the sweetest, most caring, most loving, probably Teletubby on the, and on the entire show. Now, when that show first came around, I was probably about like 11, 12, maybe 10. So I was a bit too old or I was a lot too old for that show. But I do remember seeing that show and saying, wow, they got a gay character. That's pretty different from, you know, uh, and before anyone says, just because he's flamboyant and he has a purse doesn't mean he's gay. Uh, the creator said, yes, t- I created, I purposely created Tinky Winky to be a flamboyant gay character simply because I wanted that outlook to be celebrated. I wanted people to look at people who may remind them of Tinky Winky uh, or Tinky Winky may remind them of to say these people are caring fun-loving individuals. And that's exactly what Tinky Winky was on the show. Cared for everybody. All the other Teletubbies were upset. Tinky Tinky Winky went out of his way to make sure they were straight. Cared for them. And in turn, they would do the same to Tinky Winky. That's the type of society we should live in. No matter your skin color, because they had the black one, Dipsy. (laughs) They had the black one there. Uh... They had all, they, and then Tinky Winky, the gay one. But that's the type of society we live in. You care for me, and I care for you. So shout out to Teletubbies, a real progressive show that deserved to shine. And you don't see the 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 owner, the creator of any of the characters or the show coming out and saying, "Hey guys, I just want to remind y'all that Tinky Winky is fabulous." Like fuck out of here if you a real one you know if you don't know go on Ecosia once again search it up alright but that's the end of this episode until next time until next episode I appreciate y'all for listening to this episode of the let's talk about it podcast I said this episode like three times in three seconds so this episode will be up on Monday today listen to this episode once again But until next time, until next episode, you hear from me when you hear from me. Once again, if you are, if you want to support, hit up that donation like that will be in the description box below. I I know it's in the description box. Want to know why? Uh, Because I see it for myself. Whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to it, I see that link. Hit up that link or ask for my PayPal. Either or, I appreciate it. 
even if you just share this episode and hit that subscribe so you never miss an episode of Let's Talk About a Podcast. Till next time, until next episode, 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 I'm going to keep saying that word. Either or, you're going to hear from me when you hear from me. Peace out.